1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read beginning in verse 14 and read down through verse 19 and beginning in chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14. You're there? Say amen. amen. Paul is the writer, writing to a church that is in trouble. Do you know that the Corinthians, the church at Corinth, was a church that was in trouble? They had everything in the world going on in the church. Hello. Paul even talk, Paul got straight with them and said, listen, there's stuff going on among you that's not named among the heathen. <laughs> and he has some things to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14. Let's read it. He says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Lest anyone should say that I'm baptized in my own name. Yes, I'm also, yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I, besides, I don't, do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and with much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. What a statement. What a statement. When I, when my, that my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should be, not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Heavenly Father, help me today as I come to you in the name of Jesus. Speak through us. Speak to us. 
Lord, anoint us to convey your anointed word. Lord, break the yokes that bind today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. The church has been distracted for far too long. At best. The church has become idolatrous at worst. And we came to the point where we don't really even know what idolatry is anymore. Do you understand that? Listen to Paul's statement. I determined, it means, it means literally that I've made up my mind to know nothing among you save except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I've said this many times, but hear me. I, don't, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ, that is who He is. The Son of the living God. The perfect lamb that shed his blood for the entire world. The one who paid the price at Calvary's cross for the redemption of all mankind. Jesus Christ and him crucified. What is him crucified? It's what he's done already. Need to understand there's no greater truth than who he is and what he's done. It's time, church, what's got to happen. He says, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or with persuasive words of human wisdom, but I came with a demonstration of, 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 of the Spirit and of power. The last thing this generation needs is somebody else talking about the platitudes of God that comes with polished speeches and homiletically correct sermons. Say, no, is there something wrong with homiletically correct? Not if it's alive. <laughs> Not if it's preached in power. Not if it comes with the bondage-breaking power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But you can have an absolutely scripturally correct, polished out like a perfect diamond sermon and it be a dead letter if there's not a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Amen. Hear me, church. We've got a generation that is not going to be persuaded by talking about God. There has got to be, there must be a demonstration of His Spirit and His power. I want to say it again. There's got to be. A demonstration of his spirit and his power. Speeches on the attributes of God, they may be correct, and we talk about them, but they've got to have more than a speech. The best place for there to be a demonstration of power, first of all, is in your own life. Hear me. 
There, was never, there has never been and never will be anyone that can give away what they don't have. After the day of Pentecost, Peter and John were approaching the temple. And there was a man that had laid at that temple for 38 years. Hear me, in the temple of God daily, the scripture was read. It was truth. Religion was practiced. And it was true. But on one day, on the way in, after the, after the, the power of the Spirit had come upon all men, do you understand that Pentecost changed everything? The cross made the way for Pentecost. Hear me. No cross. Church, listen to me. No cross, no Pentecost. Keep it, keep it straight. It's got to be. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. But Jesus himself told them, he said, I'm going to go away. And the reason I'm going to go away, because I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send one just like me. And he said, when he comes, he said, he's, he's the spirit of truth. He's going, to, he's going to guide you into all truth. And he talked about, he said, this spirit has been with you, but he shall be in you. And before Jesus and, and Mark said, go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. You ain't hearing me. See, there has to be a demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God. Before you can reach a world or your next door neighbor or the person in the chair sitting beside you, you've got to have the power of God operating in your life. That comes to salvation through the cross and then empowered by the Spirit of God. Action 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power. I'll remind you it's in red in your Bible, likely. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has came upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Did you notice that power came before witness? You've heard me say it many times. On the day of Pentecost, you, you had Peter. That just a few days before couldn't say I even know him. And now on the day of Pentecost it says and suddenly. It said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place and in one accord. It says and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it said that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it rested set on each one of them. It says, and they all were filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. There's a key word. It says, and they all, and they all, how many all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And then there arose quite a, motion, a commotion out of that little meeting and they heard it all over the city out in the streets. And when they got out in the streets, people from all over the world that were there for, for, the, for the feast 
said, who are these people? Aren't they all Jews? Aren't they all Galileans? He says, how is it that we hear them speaking in our own language and they're magnifying God? How is it? What is going on? What is going on? And Peter stood up. I've been going through the book of Acts. I, I, I'm going to have to do it here soon. You know, do you know how? Because Paul said, you know, when you having done all, stand. Remember? Put on the armor of God. Be worded up, prayed up, and armored up. And he says, and when you've done all this, stand. I went through the book of Acts over and over. And they stood up. 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 Let me tell you something today. The reason the world's in the shape it's in, the reason America's in the church it's in, is because the church has been sitting down. The reason that the world is in the church, it's in the shape it's in, your world, is because the church has been sitting down. It's time that the church realize who we are again, that we've been bought with a price. Come on, somebody. Washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit, and it's time that there was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. We bought some lie that this stuff was for Sunday morning and for a room on a, on a highway somewhere or maybe in your living room and maybe for your little morning devotional with your cup of tea or coffee. He's more than a devotion. And he's more than a moment of silence. He's the son of the living God who paid the price for you and me. He made a way for the Spirit of God to live in a human being. No, he no longer dwells, hear me, this God that we serve no longer dwells in temples that were made of hands and made of stone. It says that, he's, that he now dwells in the human heart. He now dwells in us. Talked about it in Sunday school this morning. He said, if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell also in you. Hear me something. If you are born again, if you are born again, if you are a blood-bought child of the living God, then that same Spirit does dwell in you. That Spirit dwells in you. And it says it will quicken, it will make alive. If that Spirit dwells in you, means if He lives in you, if He abides in you, He doesn't just pass by you occasionally. He doesn't just make you cry every now and then or feel a goosebump or make you want to clap your hands. If He lives in you, if He dwells in you, if He abides in you, it says He will make your mortal body. That's right now. It's not, it's not your, it's not your uh, glorified body. Not your spirit body, your mortal body. He says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells also in you, he said, he will make your mortal body alive. Power. The Holy Spirit, you're, bapti- you're born again and baptized in his Holy Spirit to receive power. Power for what? To be a witness. I've been telling you, Mag Church, do you want to change your world? Me and Teresa. 
If you want to change your world, change your world. Get in that book. Learn who you are. Get on your knees and pray until you, old timers used to say, until you pray through. What's that? What in the world does that mean? When you get prayed through, you'll know it. You'll know it. <laughs> get full of the power of the Spirit. It's promised to you. It's promised to you. Now, I'm going to keep saying it until you understand it. It's promised to you. Well, let me just get there real quick. It was just a few weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. They said, what's going on here? What's going on? Acts chapter 2. Peter stood up. You ain't, I'm going to say it again. You ain't never going to get nothing done till you stand up. Amen. 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 Nothing is going to change. Well, let me chase a rabbit. I was still raised in an era when the way to deal with the bully was to fix him. We had a bullying problem. They got signs. It's just like everything else. They think a sign's going to fix it. That's why they say everybody's looking for a sign. Everybody's looking for a sign. You know, no, no weapons allowed. Well, thank goodness. I feel, I feel better already. There ain't no weapons allowed. Don't you feel better already? I feel better already. When I go to a place where there might be some crazies around, I, I, I walk in, I think, there's no weapons. I think, thank God. Thank God. I feel better already. When the, when the rest of the intelligent people don't know the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. <laughs> That messes with you. That said, you don't, you don't have a political problem. You have, never mind. Well, I don't know if this is in context or not, but you still can't fix stupid. <laughs> Duct tape and make it quieter. <laughs> that was wrong. Shouldn't have said it. <laughs> No bullying. <laughs> Everywhere I go has no bullying. Science has more bullies than any place I've ever seen. You know what, stop. <laughs> I'm not trying to lift any scripture out of context, but I'm going to give you an example. Do you know what will stop a bully? A demonstration of power. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk about it all day. You can counsel it all day. You can medicate it all day. But there ain't nothing going to stop a bully until there's a demonstration of power. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I tried to reason with Dan Porter. I've told you all that before. The only person besides my big brother that I've ever hit or been hit by in my entire life. I'm not looking to change that record either, just so you know. He was driving me crazy, and I tried to talk to him, and he was just a smart aleck punk. He was just what he was, smart aleck punk. And one day on that school bus, about sixth grade, I was a skinny little twerp. I know y'all don't believe it, but I was. 
Looked like a double-rooted bean pole. <laughs> I was so skinny and tall, I had to run around in the shower to get wet. <laughs> Dan was a pretty good-sized boy. And, he, and one day, he was hitting me in the back of the head and popping me and sm- everything in the world you can imagine. And something come over me. I mean, something got a hold of me. I, it, came from, I mean, it came from all the way down. I lost all fear. I mean, I just went crazy all at once. And I just stood up in a pretty quick move and drew back and busted him in the nose as hard as I could hit him. You say, this preaching's going somewhere. And he went. And you know what he did? He stood up and hit me in the nose as hard as he could. And you know what? It hurt. And you know what else? He never bothered me again. Ever, ever. What am I talking about? I'm giving you a carnal, fleshy example for you to understand that there's nobody ever going to believe anything that we say, do, or preach when it's a bunch of blab, when it's a bunch of noise, when it's a bunch of jawing, when it's a bunch of philosophy. When it's, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, I came with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. There's people sitting all over this room. I'm always thinking about this crowd right here. They've heard us talk about God, but they hadn't seen God do anything. Because mm-hmm. we all too worried about, and I, you notice I said we. We came to the place that we're so worried about offending someone and somebody not liking us and somebody not being their friend. And here's the big one. God forbid our baby not be popular. That we've compromised on everything. Oh, we're not going to stand up against Oh, we're going to let them go to that just this one time and then the next ten times. When you knew they didn't need to be there. Are y'all even hearing what I'm talking about right now? You knew they didn't need to be there. But you, you wanted them to have friends. Where in the world? Somebody help me. Man, I wasn't planning on this trail, but I'm in it. So I might as well just keep on it. Where in the world did we ever get the impression that everybody needed a hundred friends? Or the social media world, 5,000 friends. You know, across platforms, I think there's 4,900 people friends with me on Facebook. Another 2,000 that follow me on this platform. Another 1,000 that follow me on that platform. You know how many of those people I know? More than the average person, but I know some of them. You know how many are my friends? My friends. My friends. That's the world we're in. I'm talking about the reasons that we don't have power right now. I'm talking about what we've sold out for. I'm talking about what we sold out. The rooster crowed three times. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. 
That was good stuff. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Well, actually, 30, 45 seconds, two minutes ago when I said Peter couldn't talk about the damsel. That would have been a really good time. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about how cheap we've sold out. Oh, we want our baby to, well, what if they don't make, what if they don't make the cheer team? I'd be more concerned that they did, frankly. I'd be more concerned that they did than that they didn't. Oh, what if they don't make the cut? What if they don't make, what if, they, what if, oh, and you don't say, oh, hey, no, you ain't going to that. Well, why? Because you don't want their mama to call you and then their mama to think your mama's crazy. And now we have a whole country and world that doesn't know how to function. Don't know how to talk to each other. Really came to a place that rather than fight it out on the schoolyard, they'll just kill you without blinking. When grown people, anybody see that porta potty fight on the news? Them women. Anybody see that besides me? Just an absolute brawl. Grown women. Grown women. And then wonder why our kids act like they do. I don't mean to harp on something because I'm fixing to get back to power. If you want to know how it really is, go ask a school teacher. If you go, some of y'all whiteheads, I got it too, so I get to say it. Some of y'all, if you, if you would go spend 20 minutes in that environment, you would pray. And I don't mean, now I lay me down to sleep. You would pray through. You would fast. You would quit being so preoccupied about entertainment. What I'm trying to tell you is we have the most eloquent speakers we've ever had in the church world. I mean, they can write a book. They can turn a phrase. They can move a crowd. It's enticing. What's that? It makes you want to come hear it. And it sounds wise because it's human wisdom. But I'll tell you what it is to God. It's foolishness. And what's true, even in the church, has become radical. I'm coming back again, church. There's got, we've got to get back to nothing except who he is and what he's done. And we've got to start 
demonstrating the power of the Spirit of God again. People talking. I, I was raised in a world where people, all they talked was faith. Can I go there? It's, it's real early. Can I go there? I mean, I heard faith this and my faith that and my faith this and my faith that. First of all, your, your faith. <laughs> There's people that's never been to Mag Church before. I'm, I've got both barrels loaded up and I don't know what they're about to think, but they're just to find it out. If you've never been to Mag Church before, welcome. We love you. You only visit once. These people embrace you. I'll embrace you. And you're going to hear the unadulterated, unspoiled, untouched word of the living God. And you preach it and you just let the chips fall where they may. That's just how it goes. And they either amens or omes. And people either run to the front or they run out. It's one way or the other. You know what? I read that all through the book of Acts. That's just how it worked. They preached until and people, they, they preached where and 3,000 people get saved while they're handcuffing the apostles that preached it. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. I heard so much preaching on faith. Faith, 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 faith. And it was always faith about what you could get. And it was always faith about what God could do for you. Instead of what you could do for God. I noticed that. I began to notice that. Let me tell you something. When you have the faith, if I, that your faith is in nothing save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Oh, let me, let me back that up. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and then the Greek. And how's it come? From faith to faith. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm prefacing because I want you to know that I know that without faith, it is impossible to please him. But what your faith is in matters. What your faith is in matters. Boy, I'm, I was doing pretty good, and I, started, I guess I started digging in the wrong hole because it got quiet. What your faith is in matters. What your faith is in matters. I'm going to say it one more time. What your faith is in matters. God is never going to demonstrate his power in a selfish faith. God's power is never displayed to amuse. It's not even displayed to draw crowds. Will God's power draw crowds? It'll draw crowds. God's power is never demonstrated to draw crowds. God's power is always demonstrated to bring glory to the Father. 
always. Always. Faith this and faith that. I'm trying to help. Because when you're, come with me. When your faith is in him, who he is and what he's done, when the storms of life come, and they will. When you're totally blindsided by something that should knock you off of your feet and suck the life out of you, when your faith is in who he is and what he's done, you will stand in the storm. You didn't hear me. I'm not, talking to some, I'm not talking out of theory here. I happen to know what it means to get blindsided and knocked to the ground by the trials of life. When your faith is in who he is and what he's done, you'll, you may bend, but you won't break. <laughs> it, may, it may knock you off balance, but you'll regain your step. You'll learn what Paul was talking when he talked about I'm persecuted, but not abandoned. That I'm crushed, but not distressed. But I'm cast down, but not destroyed. Yeah. See, all the faith I've heard all of my life that has ruined the church. Is it okay that I say that? Good, because I said it. I heard all this faith talk all my life. But I began to notice that the people that talk the most faith in this junk, they would get an ingrown toenail that was bad. Them things hurt. They'd get an ingrown toenail that they didn't get out right and get infected, and they'd start crying, oh, woe is me. Y'all not even hearing what I'm saying. I'm talking about they talked a big game and little simple things in life that's an inconvenience, maybe even painful, that nobody enjoys. And they would about backslide over it. Or somebody would die. I'm talking about big faith people. This is good preaching. Not big faith people. Faith, 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 faith. And somebody would die. And they would literally disappear. They would literally, they would dig a hole and crawl under it uh, in such grief that they couldn't get out. Or they would be so angry with God that they would literally hate Him. Or they would just go by the way. Let somebody, let me help, let me say it so somebody doesn't get, didn't hear what I don't say. Every grief is part of God's plan of loss. But I'm going to tell you, the Word of God says that we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We don't. We're different. Somebody, they died. Pastor, I believe, friend of mine, his mother was dying of cancer. In the hospital, one of them big faith walkers walked in and told them at their hospital bed with their mama there that if y'all had enough faith, she wouldn't be dying. You'd raise her up. And my, to which my friend says, there she is. Have at it. Yeah, right. Pray. Amen. Had another friend, well, I call it an acquaintance, that his wife was dying of cancer. Big faith guy. 
And he told that woman on her deathbed, if you die, it'll be your faith, not mine. Are y'all, even he- are y'all even hearing me yet? Talking about misplaced. All the power talk, but no demonstration. But everything's about me. People of faith and power. And life happens and they can't handle it. Because I got news. Somebody, I got a news flash. It's going to help somebody because I'm fixing to get back after it. I got a news flash. I need everybody in this room to know it. Should the Lord tarry? Do y'all know what that means? If he doesn't come back. And our, should the Lord tarry his coming? Everybody in this room. Everybody. One Hundred percent is going to die. Every one of us. Guess what? I can tell you with certainty. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, and I can tell you that all the eight billion people on the earth today, should the Lord tarry, all eight billion of them are going to die. Every one of them. His word even tells us it's appointed unto man what? Wants to die. And then the judgment. See, that's the truth. That's the truth. And we got people abandoning God because somebody died. Somebody angry with God because somebody died. And I've got a point here. Would you like me, <laughs> you'd like me to get to it? All the religious jargon and all the really false doctrine, all, boy, mad if I was to call that stuff what it really was, I'd just call it sorcery and witchcraft. Oh. Oh. Well, what else would you call it when you have, if you have the right words and say it enough times that it has to happen? We're so ingrained in this garbage that we think it's normal and think it's Christianity because we hadn't opened the book to find out that it's not there. And here's where I'm going. Because sometimes I talk about generations and I'm talking about this age group and this age group and 70, that age group. (laughs) Happy birthday, Sam. And sometimes the word talks about a generation when it's talking about everybody alive right now. And I've said all that to say this. There's a lot of critical talk about young people today. And listen, there's nothing that, y'all know this by now, there's nothing that motivates this preacher like this group right here. Nothing. While they're still rolling their eyes and all that. Started saying picking boogers, but I didn't. (laughs) 
They're watching us. And if they're not teaching you, they're teaching me. No, I don't have anything to critical to say because there's one thing I love. Hear me. Greatest generation. There's five, I think there's five generations that attend this church regularly. That's incredible. Never a time before has that really been a thing. You ought to try to pastor that. That means you've got five sets of opinions at least. Let me help you. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. I can't hear. I love that song. I hate that song. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. <laughs> Do you know what I love about what's going on in young people today? There's some things to love about what's going on. Do you know there's some things to love about what's going on in young people today? You know, one thing that mad grows is because there's, there's students and young, young people here, and that's life. Their life. Their life. They're like, without them, go to church without them. Go to a church without them. You know what you'll find? It, it smells like the mortuary. <laughs> ben Gay and formaldehyde smell a lot alike. <laughs> they bring life but you know what else I know and this is sobering to me and refreshing to me I preached last week that the emperor has no clothes remember everybody's going along with it remember Everybody's going along with it. What did it take to break that? It was a child. This, that everybody, oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, church was powerful. Church was wonderful. Church was this. Oh, they, man, it was fire. And, and they're thinking, no, it wasn't. Or no, what? They ain't thinking it. Finally, you know, the little boy stuck his head around and says, the king's naked. You know what this generation has brought to the forefront? That the church is empty. It may be full of people, but it's empty. It's void of power. You know what they brought to us? Somebody finally that will say, quit playing the games and show me. And show me. Oh, I need to deal with something else. No wonder we stopped early. I needed time. Show me. You say, well, faith is not sight. They got to believe first. I'm going to ask a question. I'm still in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in case you think I've wandered off. I didn't come with persuasive words. Why didn't Paul come with persuasive words? He was surrounded by the thinkers. He was in the age 
of the philosophers. Persuasive words were dead. I didn't come with persuasive words. We got people that think that their eloquent preaching and their ability to put phrases together are going to change the world. Can I ask a question? Was it Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech that was wonderful or was it the demonstration that came with the speech? I'm going to let that soak again and ask you. Was it I have been to the mountaintop and I have seen the other side? Did that change the America? Or was it a demonstration of its sin and its racism and its perversion that changed America? And if you're offended by that, maybe you need to take count of what I just said. Because I'm going to say right now, because somebody evidently needs to hear it, you cannot love God and hate people. It's not possible. You cannot love God and hate people. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. It wasn't with persuasive words of human wisdom. I was talking about show them. You say, well, faith is, faith is, 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 is the things that, uh, faith is the substance of things not seen, the of hope, or whatever. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yes, it is to the believer. What did Paul say I'm coming to you with? I didn't come with words. I didn't come because I'm an eloquent speaker. I told him in Sunday school this morning, he says I'm not that good at it. Apollos is the preacher. Paul preached at midnight. It was so boring that a guy fell out the second story window and it killed him. He said, oh God, I need a miracle because I'll never be able to have another crusade if we don't raise him from the dead. No, it was a demonstration. Hear me, church. I hope you're here. I didn't come with persuasive words. Listen, when you have people that, that, that have, have the hand of God on them and because the Bible says it's by the foolishness of preaching. That men are saved. We're not talking about don't preach. Go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But it must be attended by a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. And let me ask you for everybody that bucked up all ago and said faith is not sight. What in the world is a demonstration? I've never demonstrated anything that it wasn't so somebody could see it. Do you know why? Do you know why we hauled 30 kids to Baton Rouge instead of Kerrville? Oh, ooh, I felt a little, ooh. Because <laughs> I didn't need them to see another light show. I, I, didn't, I didn't need them to have another hyped entry that they could put on Facebook. I, didn't, I don't need them to see somebody who's got, you know what? If I got a million dollars to put into staging, I can make it pretty cool. Yes, sir. 
I didn't need them. I didn't need them at general council for to see four singers across the room singing Let It Rain while water dumped out of the ceiling with, with the light strobing through them like that, like that was going to bring them to Jesus. God help me. Are you hearing me? You know why I took them? Because I knew they were going to a place whether it was fancy or simple. That there was going to be a demonstration of the power and the spirit of God. That's why. And you know what happens? Bondages begin to break. Strongholds begin to fall. Deliverance begins to come. There must be a demonstration of the Spirit and the power. There must be, church. There must be. There must be. But I'm still preaching to Mag because we're always going to put ourselves in. I put me in those situations. I take other people. I make sure that I'm in a place where there's a where there's the power of the spirit demonstrate where there's a, the spirit demonstrated in the power. I'm going to do. It. You ain't going to drag me to another how-to conference. You ain't going to happen. I ain't got the time, the want to. I can tell you, I, I've got a place on 5230 Tomcat Trail that is my favorite place on earth. It don't cost me a thing to go there before I'm going to go listen to something. I sleep better in my bed than I do that conference chair. But I'll go across the world on a shoestring budget when I know there's going to be a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Why? Because that's where lives are changed. Hearts are healed. Bondages are broken. Eternal destinations are changed. Church, it's got to be more than truths about God. We've got to demonstrate what it means to walk in the Spirit and in power. And who's it up to? Us. Who are you going to depend on? To reach your kids and grandkids. Your husband. Your wife. Your co-worker. This is what Mag Church is about. I'm telling you, this is what this preacher is about. You know why? Because this is what this gospel is about. When I got saved, Matt, he didn't make, it wasn't to make me feel better about myself. Let me tell you a little something about how this works. The more, the hungrier you get for him, the more desire you have for him, the more you press into him, the more you'll see your own failures. Yep. Right. 
and your flaws and your shortcomings. There is no way you can get close to God without revealing where you fall short. I don't care who you are. And it'll break you. And when it begins to break you, hear me, it will begin to humble you. And when it begins to humble you, you'll learn that it's not about you. And when you learn that it's not about you, you'll begin to reach out and doing everything you can to reach those around you. Because I tell you what it is, I go back to it. What stops us from reaching our world around us, our children, our spouse, our coworker at the marketplace, in this room, what, causes, what keeps us from doing it is us. It's pride. What if they reject me? It's not about. This is the most important part of this service. We're never out at noon, and this is the most important part of this service. I need you right here. All over this room. What if they reject what I tell them? Hear me. It's not about you. What if they get mad? Is it the first time they've got mad? At work? Is it the first thing you've heard that hot-headed punk that works with you get mad about? Why do you care? They got mad when you, when you went and picked their lunch up for them and McDonald's put the wrong thing on their burger. They were mad then. You went and got lunch for them next week too. I don't think you're hearing me. The closer you get to him, the more you'll be aware. But th- this is bare. This is bare. Preacher has laid himself bare. Because I've gone real comfortable and content with you knowing I'm just a human being with failures and flaws. And you, while you're walled up, and I got news for you, you, I know and everybody around you knows that you're a human being. You have failures, you have flaws, you have idiosyncrasies. Some of you are weird. Some of, <laughs> we even sing about your failures and flaws. You've seen them all. We sing this stuff. This is nitty gritty. You've got to get close to him to see yourself. You've got to get close enough to him to see yourself. When you get close enough to him to see yourself, he'll humble you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due season. When you get close enough to see your own flaws and your failures and your pride, it'll humble you. And you'll remember that God resists the proud. It means he's actively against you. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Pride's destroyed the human from day one, from the fall on. It was pride. Lucifer, pride. Fall, pride. Things God hates, pride. When you get close enough to him to see who you are, 
No matter what you do. See, it's Jesus Christ and Him crucified that makes me worth anything to God. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. I'm nothing without it. And you'll see you and you'll cry out even the more, God help me. I found that's a pretty good prayer. Jesus help me. It's not help. Jesus help me. Help me. Would you help me? Help me. I'm in, I've made a mess. Would you help me? My marriage is a mess. Would you help me? My finances are a mess. Would you help me? My kids are a mess. Would you help me? Are you hearing me? The first thing you got to do is know you need him. And the more you need him, the more you're going to know that you need him. Then when you know that you need him, the more you know you need him. They see us talking the game. But they see when the wind blows, it about blows us over or it does. They need to see a demonstration and power of the Spirit. They need to see you with the courage to say no. Of you being faithful to God in prayer and word and church, to your spouse, to your job. You know how much you know how much living for God encompasses of, of your life, how much it should? All of it. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm about to bring the invitation, but somebody I keep hearing, so I'll keep following. Your co-worker's never gonna believe in a demonstration of the power of the Spirit when they see you cheating the clock. When they see you on salary and you come in late and you leave early. When you only have when you only do just enough to get by. Uh, I might have lost somebody just now. Because see, this thing involves everything. They are never going to believe in the powerful God you claim when they see you cheating and ripping off and just being lazy they're never going to believe you sometimes a demonstration of the spirit and the power is just real practical Oh, I feel like I, 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 would even, I would be disobedient if I didn't just keep saying this. Sometimes a demonstration of the power of God is just real practical. Because you know, we're not, we're not all morning people. I'm, I'm just bringing it practical before we make an altar call. Sometimes a demonstration of the power of the Spirit in your life is you've never been able to get to work on time. But when you committed to God, you started getting there on time. Why? Because it's right. Oh, y'all didn't know the gospel was practical. 
Sometimes a demonstration of the power of the Spirit is just you started keeping your word. Started doing what you said you would do. Sometimes a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God was you'll start going to bed on time so you can get up on time. About six months ago, it's in my Bible in case you, lest anybody thinks I'm lying. This is part of my daily stuff. Right here, four lines up from the bottom says, put me on a schedule. God, put me on a schedule. I don't know if my wife even knows this. Because I'm a 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning guy. If the world would shut down about 2 o'clock and I go to bed about 3 and get up about 10, that would be a perfect world for my body. <laughs> I can't hardly keep my eyes open until 10 anymore. Is that true? You know why? Sometimes just a, the power demonstration of the Spirit is just real practical. God put me on a schedule. Because I'm wasting half of my day in the middle of the night. And can't get. I'm trying to help you. We might not need to be worried about growing arms back on somebody if we don't have enough power to get us out of bed. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that might not be you at all, but it might be. When I came to you, you stand with me all over this place. I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. But with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. Church leadership, you're coming because we're going to pray for the sick like I said we would. All across this place, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Lord, crown this service with changed hearts and changed lives. Lord, change and Eternal ways bring people out of darkness into light, save their soul. Lord, change us in practical ways. And Lord, then you can use us in powerful ways. If you're here today and you would, you're, I'm talking to the believer right here. If you're a believer here this morning and you, and you, and you say, Pastor, I've heard what the word of the Lord would say to me today. And there's got to be a demonstration of spirit and power in my life for not only for my family, but for me. Lord, help me. If that's you today, would you just slip a hand up and right back down? Yes, all over this building. It's all over this building. Now, church, make a commitment even right now that it will it'll be more than just a response and a hand raise at the appropriate time in a service, but begin to just pray that. 
Who will be, be committed? We have a generation that needs to see a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Who will be committed to a demonstration? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Would you put feet behind your, behind your words and your action and make your way to the front and just begin to tell the Lord just that? If you're here, stay on the sides if you would. If you're here today and you need prayer in your body, I need you to be right here in the center. We're going to pray for a healing today. And as they're coming all over this place, is there anybody in this house that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ? He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. Are you in this house? Did you slip your hand up? Slip your... Are you here this morning? Are you here this morning? No more important question ever been asked. No more important decision ever been made in your life. Do you know him? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Are you here? Rest of you. If you're here for prayer, for right here, stretch your hands toward him. Stretch your hands. Lord, we believe you're the healer. Lord, we believe you're the healer. Touch and heal and move. Place all over this place. all over this place lift your hands to heaven and just tell him just tell him God use me all over this place I'm telling you that one of the most powerful things you can walk in every, from the time you get up to the time you go to bed is Jesus help me Sometimes it's my attitude. Sometimes it's my temper. Sometimes it's, a, it's, it's, how, it's my physical body, how I feel. Sometimes I need the courage to follow the nudge of God and say, and say something to this guy. Say something to this lady. Say something. Ask her. Pray with her. God help me. God help me. God help me. God help me. God, use me. All over this house as you're praying, listen to me. How many in this house would commit their self to intercession for our students in this place? Is there anybody that you commit yourself to intercession? I mean, taking it to God. For our students in children's church and my kids in the nurseries in our school in our youth groups and rangers and girls club, for our students there has got to be church we got to preach the word we got to tell the truth but there has got to be a demonstration of the power of God will you commit yourself to it even beginning right now father we're asking you as a group we're here together we're here together and we're coming to ask you for one purpose right now.
Lord, help us. Lord, send the power of your spirit to move in these young hearts and young lives. Lord, I pray that you give them visions in the night, that, you get, that they would dream dreams. Lord, that the word would be made alive in their heart. Lord, that, the, that, that there would be a, a, a word that comes from maybe even a stranger. That, that, that we need your gifts operating in this church and in these lives. Lord, we need prophecy. We need words of wisdom, words of knowledge. We need, we need tongues and we need interpretation. We need healings and working of miracles. God, you told us to seek the best gifts. Those are a demonstration of your power. God, use us. Use Mag Church to reach this area, this region, this state, and all over the world. Use us. Practical and supernaturally. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Would you ask him? Lord, help us. Ask him for the opportunity to share the good news everywhere you go. To make you sensitive. Listen, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's still speaking. You know what? He speaks as well at Market Basket as he does at Mag Church. He speaks it well out of that plant as he does in your bedroom. He speaks as, he speaks as well as in classrooms as he does in Sunday school. Ask him, Lord, let me be sensitive to what you're saying. And when I hear you, that I act. Church, you're saying maybe, how do I demonstrate the power of God? Hear me. The power of God, you should know, you know what I'm going to say next. If you've been here any length of time, you know what I'm going to say. The power of God is in obedience. The power of God is in obedience. When he moves on you, when he speaks to you, when he opens the door, you obey. Well, I'm scared. Do it afraid. What if they say no? What if they say yes? What if they don't get saved? What if they do? Your job is to hear the voice of God and obey. The results are up to him. And I'm going to tell you, that's where it'll all change. That's where it'll all change.